Let's pray together, saints. Lord, we just thank you that you're always with us. We thank you that in this new covenant, you remember our sins no more. Thank you, Lord, that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And we're not ashamed of this gospel of grace. We're not ashamed to say that apart from you, we can do nothing. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for what you accomplished. Lord, I pray that we could see even more clearly this morning what you accomplished when you came. For the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist. But now the kingdom of heaven is proclaimed. A whole new reality. Lord, help us see these things by the Spirit. Who can know the thoughts of God but the Spirit of God? And we look to you now, Lord, to teach us. For we need no man teach us, but the anointing which abides within us shall teach us and shall lead us into all truth. And we shall abide in you. Thank you, Lord, that we can hear your voice. For my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of your nearness, of your oneness with us. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to share this morning about is this phrase that we've heard a thousand times, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Right off the bat, know that these are interchangeable terms. People have written books about how, oh, the kingdom of heaven means this and the kingdom of God means this. No, it's the same thing. It's just a different way of looking at it. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God are exactly the same thing, but different writers refer to this reality in a different way. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God are interchangeable. And there's a phrase that's added, there's a few words added to this phrase called the good, we refer to it as the good news of the kingdom of heaven, the good news of the kingdom of God. And I want to unpack that phrase a little bit this morning because um, right now, think, what, what do you think about when you hear the phrase, you don't need to respond right now, but just think about what you hear in your spirit or what you think about when you hear the phrase, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And there's all kinds of thoughts in the body of Christ about what that means. All kinds of thoughts, all kinds of teachings out there about what that means. I believe, I I really believe, I I think I see what that means. I think it unlocks so many of the parables and so many of the things Jesus said, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And um, so I want to talk about that this morning. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of, of God. What does that mean? Jesus said this. He said, when he came, his first message he preached was, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good news of the kingdom of heaven. Repent or change your mind. Change how you're thinking for the kingdom of heaven is at hand within reach. And then he sent his disciples out and he said, go forth and heal the sick, raise the dead, proclaim the uh, 
the kingdom of heaven. And if they do not receive you, tell them that the kingdom of heaven came close to you today. The kingdom of heaven came near to you today. And then, after he accomplished his work, the scripture says in the book of Acts that they went forth proclaiming the kingdom of heaven, the good news, the glad tidings of the kingdom of heaven. Philip and Paul and others, in fact, the last words of, of uh, the book of Acts, Paul is in his... In his uh, quarters in Rome and it says that he continued without hindrance proclaiming the kingdom of heaven and one of the most powerful things Jesus ever said was that the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist but the kingdom of heaven is now proclaimed what does that mean what is this what is this what what does God want us to see in this all right, I'm going to say just briefly what I think it means, and we'll talk about it. You know, we hear Clark say a lot that our righteousness or our, our, our uh, place as sons and daughters of God, that it is a fixed reality or it is a state of being. That's what he says, state of being, a state of being, a fixed reality. Uh, what, he, what he is saying is exactly Correct. I mean, what, what the kingdom of heaven is, is this. When you talk about law and prophets, you're talking about this world. Law and prophets are about this world. In the terms of prophets as it was understood under the old covenant. And that's for this reason. Jesus referred to the law that they had under Moses. He said, in your law, in your law, it's this way. In your world, it's done this way. In your law, okay, the law and the prophets, prophets speak in an Old Testament concept, prophets speak of those who enforce the law, basically. They're the ones that say, you are, you know, this is the law of God. They, they came on the scene to enforce the law, basically. They brought the judgment. They declared, David, you're the man, you've sinned, so forth. You've broken the law of God, so forth. So, the law was given, but the prophets were like the judges and the, the, those who enforced it uh, for God on earth and spoke for God on earth. And, and they did other things, but that was like, that was the system God set up temporarily. The law and the prophets were for this world. And when Jesus said the law and the prophets were until John the Baptist, now the kingdom of heaven is proclaimed. What he was saying is that what was is over. And what he was doing was bringing in an entirely different reality that would be on earth. So when we hear the good news of the kingdom of heaven... We are actually hearing a phrase that means that God had, has brought to earth another world. It's another world. So when we ask someone, when we, when we share with unbelievers, we are not talking to an unbeliever to get them to join a church 
or to be a better person or to stop sinning. This is the key. The reason why the early church was so excited about this, the reason why it was called the good news of the kingdom of heaven, is because they had been translated. We read that verse and, and, and we read it too quick. We, they were translated from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. Now, it wasn't after they died physically and went to heaven. This is what is so mind-blowing about the true gospel. This is why it turned the world upside down. Because what they proclaimed was another reality. They were proclaiming a, a, a parallel universe that existed now on the earth invisibly. And it visibly manifested through healing and through deliverance of demons and physical things. They could see it physically, but invisibly they couldn't see. That's why Jesus said when he forgave the sins of this, this person who was, was uh, injured and, and lame, he forgave their sins. That was, he, the kingdom was in him. This reality was in him. It was not in them until he accomplished his work. It was in them. It was within reach. It was at hand, but it was not, it was not there in them until he accomplished the work. He had to prepare a place for us in that realm. And only through his body, only through his death and resurrection could we be placed in him that we might enter into that realm. And so it was, it was in him, but not in anybody else. And so he delegated authority to those, those disciples who were still in the flesh and still natural. And they were like all excited about, oh my gosh, this power we've got, you know, because they acted like natural men with power, like kids with toys, because they weren't really born again yet. But he delegated this authority to those, those men as they went out and preached the kingdom of heaven. And it manifested this invisible thing that was inside the Christ. Inside the Christ was another world. Inside the Christ was heaven itself. He moved, and everywhere he moved and touched, they touched the hem of his garment. They were touching heaven. They were touching God. They were touching the other realm, and it was among men. And the awesome good news is that he has, because of his death and resurrection and ascension, through the Spirit, that realm comes into all of us. For the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink. It's not outward stuff that we do. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit in this realm that is inside of us, Paul said. Which means in this other world, there is no condemnation whatsoever. There's only righteousness. And there's peace with God and peace inside and joy, his joy, he said. I give you my joy. I give you my peace. So this, this parallel universe that we live in, now, as we grow in this awareness and our minds are being renewed to this reality, then things of this world cease to have the power they used to have on us. And even though we don't feel like we're actually seated in heavenly places with him and we don't really feel like we're in another world, we feel like we're smack dab in the middle of this world and getting beat up by this world, Just to begin to set your sails toward this way of thinking. Just to begin to set your sails toward this way of thinking. The Spirit will take it. Do you realize there's a lot of believers who have never had this thought once in their head? 
because of all the religious teaching, because men seeing themselves still of earth, still from below, preaching the law and the prophets to modify behavior, they have not even considered the possibility that I live in a different world. But you begin to receive these thoughts. Who can know these thoughts but the Spirit of God? You ponder these thoughts. It's powerful. Something begins to, an excitement begins to open up. That's, C.S. Lewis saw this. He saw, that's why his movies are all about this other realm. But with, you know, going through the, the, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Going through the door to another reality. See, this is what Jesus meant when he said, He who comes to me, they will go in and out and find pasture. They will go in and out and find pasture. What's he talking about? He's talking about a parallel universe, another world. See how that makes sense now? Before, what did that make? What do you mean in and out? You mean we're going to, is he talking about after you die, you go to heaven, but you're going to go out? No, no. He's talking right now. Right now, there's a, there is a way to live on earth where you go in and out. You traffic angels ascending and descending. You traffic between the two realms. You are still here in the body to be a witness of the kingdom. The message of this kingdom must be proclaimed in all the world and then the end shall come. This is the message that must be preached in all the world before the end can come. Another reality that the Christ has brought, that he himself is our righteousness, that he himself is our peace, that he himself is our joy, that we've been brought into union with him, and we have literally been transferred to another reality that is soon to be manifested in the skies, but that we now enjoy in the Spirit now. That's good news. It's another world. It's, a, it's, you know, it's like that carpet ride. It's a whole new world. See, the human spirit is yearning for another world. The human spirit yearns for this world. God has given it. God has given it. And you see pictures of it all through the scriptures. The promised land is the perfect picture of it. They pass through the sea to another land. Yes, in this land there were giants. And yes, in this place, in union with him, there are pow- the powers of sin in the flesh, giants that try to keep us from possessing or enjoying this land. But God says, I have given it. I've already given it. Possess. In and out, they shall find pasture because they understand they are, they are no longer creatures of this world, but they are from above witnesses of this other reality that's what it that's uh, another thing he said that makes sense now is when he said of Lazarus he said he sleeps we must go to him and they said well Lord if he sleeps he's okay why are we going to go he goes and and then he said and they said um, you know then he eventually said Lazarus is dead from his realm he said he sleeps from the earth he's dead and then he says Are there not 12 hours in a day in this world? And men in this world walk in the daylight so they don't stumble in the night. And they walk in the 12 hours of daylight and they don't walk at night so they don't stumble. And that's how it's true in this world. And the reason they do that is because the light is not within them. He said, in my world, I have a light within me that tells me when to go and when not to go. 
I'm not dependent on, on the son of this earth, the son of this creation. But I live by a light of another world. And I hear my father say, it's time to go. Isn't that cool? Yes. This parallel universe, this, this, this other realm, this kingdom of heaven, this glad news. And Paul called it the kingdom of the beloved son. Because the number one thing to get in this other realm is that you and I are beloved in this realm. He loves us, John 17, he loves us as much as he loves his own son. John said, Father, they may understand that you love them as much as you love me. So this realm of the beloved son is a realm of belovedness. The very first thing that Jesus heard the father say as he began on the earth, his ministry, was this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. You can see why this is joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can see why he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who stumbled on a treasure in a land. And he went and bought that land that he might have that treasure. That's somebody who finds it by accident. The kingdom of heaven is also like a man who is seeking fine pearls. He's seeking for it. And he finds it, finally. A pearl of great price. He sells all the other pearls that he thought were great to buy that one pearl. What's he talking about? If you could leave this world and step through a door into another reality for the rest of your life on earth, and in this other reality, you could be a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High, if you could be as he is without sin, if you could have what he has, joy, unspeakable, peace, it's not related to this world at all. If you could have the hope that when this tent is dissolved, another one is already ready for me. If you could walk the earth regardless of the thousands of sins and mistakes and weaknesses that we fall into in these bodies and know that he never leaves us or forsakes us and loves us as much as in the beginning. And we learn from all our mistakes to learn to live by his life because that's where life is. If you could check out of this world of pain and grief and tribulation and live there. Even though there still will be tribulation in this world. and See, that's where men got off. They, they got off on the saying, you can create this reality in the world and the world will never harm you and you'll never have any pain in this world and never tribulation. No, that's not. It's a spiritual reality within it actually, the pain and the tribulation that Jesus said we will have in this world actually causes that which is inside to manifest. Because in the pressure, that which is inside comes out. And men see it. Like Stephen being stoned and they saw his face shine like an angel. And it, Paul never forgot it. He was there. 
So whatever cross the world gives us of rejection, death works in us, but life in you. Because Paul says, none of these things move me anymore. Isn't that awesome? It's a win-win. It's a win-win. And... And to just grow in this understanding that he has brought us into another reality. What it does, one of the things it does, it causes you to be so um, steadfast. And no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what mistakes you make. and I mean, you live in a place of no condemnation. You live in a place where you have the favor of God, not because of what you're doing, but because of what he did. You have an inheritance that you partake of even now because you're a son or a daughter, not because of an employee that earns wages, but a son who inherits. And the good news is you can tell people, I can tell people that, you know, God has brought the kingdom you can step into it. A door. A door. And where the rubber meets the road is when we have hard times in this life, when we have troubles and pain and sickness and all these things. And, but this is where we can reach into that invisible realm and ask the Lord to heal and ask the Lord to guide and so forth. And even if the healing doesn't come like we expect, it doesn't change the invisible reality. Because in his wisdom, God knows you know, what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And we don't get you know, bent out of shape by not seeing a particular manifestation that we're looking for. We're at rest and what is? And many times, I just talked to a lady, um, just, we came back from the Naples soccer tournament, and we stopped at Sonny's Barbecue on the way back from Naples, and they had this little takeout window, so this lady was sitting there, standing there by the takeout window, so I went to the takeout window, and Cindy and the boys stayed in the car, and I was getting the, the barbecue, and this lady started sharing with me about, we've pretty much surmised we were believers pretty quick. And she said, oh, I've got to share this with you. And my husband just had a, a heart attack and uh, he was in ICU for three days and we really didn't think he was going to make it. And our church was praying for him and people around the country were praying for him. And, and uh, he said that between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, the room was filled with God. He goes, I can't describe it, but the room filled with him. And... He said, and she said to her husband, she said, did he touch you? Did he, did he touch you? And he said this. He said, I can't remember him touching me, but I remember boldness coming inside of me. Isn't that cool? I've never heard that. Boldness came inside of me, he said. And he was totally healed. He checked out of the hospital, out of, I see, out of the hospital within the end of the day. But between 4 a.m. and 6 a.m., she said, that's when he said it happened. The room filled with his presence. It's filled. He said, the only way I could describe it is that he filled the whole room. And boldness came inside of me. 
Why doesn't he heal everybody? Why doesn't it always happen? I don't know. But he lives and his kingdom is real. In his wisdom, he knows, you know, what we should do. But the main thing is that we continue to rest and abide in him. It's like those three, um, you know, little Jewish uh, brothers that were in the fire. Uh, Abednego, yeah. And all three of them, they were in the, put in the fire and they were told to bow their knee to Nebuchadnezzar. And, he, and they said, you know, our God will deliver us from this. We will not bow our knee to another God, and our God will deliver us. But if not, we still won't bow. <laughs> God is a, I think they said it this way. Our God is able, and he will. That's what he, they said. Our God is able, and he will. But if he chooses not to, we know he's still able, but if he chooses not to, we're still not going to bow. And that's the kind of faith that, you know, and then, of course, God could not. How many martyrs? How many people died? It burned at the stake. How many, how many were sawn asunder? Hebrews 11. How many were imprisoned for whom the world was not worthy? But in that case, the Son of Man appeared in the fire with them. And the only thing that burned were the ropes that tied them. And the fire did not touch them. So we leave the results with God, but we enjoy God. And we never doubt His faithfulness. We never doubt His goodness. That's the enemy's trick is to use circumstances to get us to doubt him and where he has brought us. Kingdom of heaven. Another place. Going in and out and find pasture. Beholding in our inner man, his face, knowing that his face is always toward us. His favor is always toward us. The inner man is being renewed every day. The outer man, the body is decaying and getting older and being affected by this world. The inner man is being renewed every day. Because of this reality. And I believe we would pray more and see more miracles as this reality begins to become more real to us. We would go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. The early church had uh, miracles working among them, Galatians said. God said, I mean, uh, Paul said to the Galatians, he said, he who ministers the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it because you're keeping the law? Or does he do it because you heard something and believed? So they had a, they had a thing that was happening in their midst, you know, such that they could even say, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church, let them pray f- over them, and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. I mean, they, they said it like matter, of fact, matter of factly, like this is, you know, do this. This is your blessing. So... I'm saying, as we see more and we grow in faith, I think we'll see more of a manifestation of this kingdom, this realm that's already inside of us. But there's no condemnation that we're not seeing, you know, whatever we want to see. That's what I'm trying to say is that this, this is a reality that is to be enjoyed. It's one of the things next Sunday I hope to share is that we've talked about in here before, how God said to Peter, 
what I have cleansed, what God has cleansed, no longer call unholy. And he was talking about the whole world because Peter was about to be sent to the Gentiles. And God showed him that vision, you know, the, the four corners of the sheet, which is a picture of the whole world, the four corners of the world coming down out of heaven, that in God's, from God's perspective, the whole world has been forgiven and cleansed. They need only receive it. They need only believe and receive what has already been done because there's not going to be any more additional work done when they believe. It's done. He has sat down. After purging us of all our sin, he sat down. The work is done. He tasted death for every man, for all men, for all sin, for all time. So it's done. So it's having that perspective changes the way you... That's what I'm going to share next Sunday is that first see what we're bringing them into. We're bringing them into this other reality. Understand it's not joining a church. It's not trying to be good people. It's not trying to stop sinning. But see, we're, we're bringing them into another reality, this, into the fellowship of the Father and the Son. That's what it is. In essence, it's in the fellowship of the Father and the Son. This other world, the, the, the jewel of this other world is the fellowship of the Father and the Son. A continual fellowship with the Father and the Son. This, this incredible sense of belovedness. This sense of belovedness. Every day, every morning you wake up, you're, you're just like, you're just like fawned over by God. Every morning. It's like, like when, I, when my kids wake up in the morning, I go, Kobe, good morning, Kobe, I love you. And he's like half asleep, well, I love you too, Daddy. You know, that's how God is with us. Jake, I love you. Time to get up, go to school, Jake. Hey, Daddy. I love you. I love you too, Daddy. You know, it's like, that's what God does with us. If we do that with our kids, how much more? Every morning, he wakes us up like that. That's the reality in this world. Every morning, his mercies are new. Every morning. It's awesome. But then the next thing I was going to share, hopefully next Sunday, is that now having understood where we're bringing people into, a place where we already are, you know, we're trying to come into where we are, then we say, have this new view of the world. Stop looking at people as guilty and in their sins when God is, they are, yes they are, but God says, I am a God who calls into being that which not is, which isn't. I call those things that are not as though they are. They are not righteous, I know that. I know they're in their sins still, I know that they're not, but call them as though they are because from God's perspective, they are. And it changes the way we Relate to people. That's, and it explains, it explains how Jesus could eat with sinners and see a woman at the well who had all these divorces and who was living in sin and the Pharisees that drove them nuts. How could he do this with these sinners? How could he, how could he, it changes your view of everything. The Pharisees saw someone crippled and they said, is he crippled because of his sin or his parents' sin? From his, from Christ's perspective, he goes, neither. This is not the reality anymore. This is an opportunity to manifest the glory of God. It's a whole new way of living. You see the world different. And I tell you what, they're attracted to that. The world is that the spirits are hungry for that. They're thirsty for your world. They're thirsty for the reality. They sense the acceptance. They sense the no condemnation. You're not trying to point out sin. You're trying to get them to see they need life. And it's just a whole new way of living, Russ. You know how they monitor you in the hospital? You know, they want to make sure they hear what's going on. They, they put me through the emergency room and admitted me to the hospital and put the monitors in the room, okay? So, you know, here I'm, I'm laying in the bed, and I, and I put on the television, and I rarely watch religious broadcasting, okay? 
But hey, it's four o'clock in the morning. And I wasn't, as, I wasn't, you know, when you're on morphine, you anyway, this guy's coming across with all of this legalism, and I'm in there going, no! And then I, after a little while, I say, that is simply not true. You know, and I'm talking to the television. Well, eventually, the head nurse... I do it all the time. Cindy goes, Cindy goes, why do you watch it? Yeah. It gets me fired up. I said, and and I explained just a little bit about how I came to be in the hospital with her. And she said, well, let me tell you some of my situations. She began to just really share about her life experiences. For about 10 or 15 minutes, I'm I'm thinking, doesn't she need to go draw blood somewhere else? (laughs) Well, anyway, she began to really share things. And I said, well, that's interesting. Let me ponder these things. And, you know, in a prayerful thought, the next time we get together, maybe we can exchange some ideas. And she acted like, oh, this is great. She left. I didn't hear her until the next night, about 3 o'clock in the morning. She came. She goes, Mr. Parker, are you still with us? I said, yes. I said, no, I haven't been watching any more religious broadcasting, but I've been thinking about what we talked about last night. She says, I have also. She just simply says, I want to talk to you more about why you said it was not true. Wow. I began to share with her about what the gospel is really all about, what Christ came to do here we are in a religious institution, medical yep. institution. She's a head nurse that goes to a religious group. She had never heard this before. And then she looked at me with tears in her eyes and she goes, I believe that. Wow. And I said, you know what that makes you? That makes you a believer. <laughs> and she goes, whoa. Two nights later, before I'm discharged, she shows up. She says, I know that you're probably going to be released. She comes in, she embraces me, kisses me on my forehead, and she says, I will never be the same. Awesome! She says, this has changed my life. She says, you came here for a purpose, and it was for me. Awesome! And I'm like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> you know, but you're right. The kingdom will manifest itself wherever. It doesn't matter. Whether you know, you're selling asphalt, or whether you're in the hospital, the kingdom of God is not of this realm. It's not. It's totally other. Yes, that reminds me of what Jesus said. You know, he said, you know, if my kingdom were of this world, the pilot, he said, my servants would fight. They'd take up swords and fight if it was of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. It's a whole different world. But that's awesome, man. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's exactly. See, this is the kind of excitement that, if we if we have a religious view of what Jesus did, your approach to that lady would have been completely different. It might have been something like, "It's a good show on TV. You ought to turn this on and watch it every now and then." <laughs> By the way, how are you with God? <laughs> you know, there's a judgment coming, or something like that. You know, but what's the the way 
Jesus spoke and the way you spoke is like she was drawn into it. She was attracted to him. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's so cool. Being attracted to God. That was Jesus in you. That's the way he ministered. That's why the Pharisees couldn't understand it because it was like, what is he talking about? That's why it turns the world upside down. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's it. Wow. Wow. That's so awesome. That's, the martyrs did the same thing. That's awesome. Because the other world was more real than this world. Especially as you approach any kind of death or any kind of you know, challenge like that. I think like Corey Ten Boom said in her book, you know, when she was, the Nazis were coming and she didn't know if she could be strong, you know, and she asked her dad, you know, you know, you know, will I be strong enough, dad? And, and his, her wise father said, Corey, when, when we go take the train, when do I give you the ticket to get on the train? She goes, just before we get on the train. And he said, that's when God will give you grace to go through whatever you're going to have to go through just before it happens there'll be an infusion of grace and power and strength that you never didn't need it 30 minutes before. You don't need the power today to face a firing squad, but just before you'll start laughing because he gives you the ticket. Isn't that awesome? We have hope that no matter what we go through, God's going to be there to prepare us and take care of us and give us strength. Cool. Encouraged? Man, I tell you, this is, this is what the world's thirsting for, another world. And he has brought it to us. There's so many people that, that have been introduced to, to Jesus, and they feel that, that feeling in the beginning, and then they get religion in there, and it's so hard for them to, to really uh, they try to fix their mind on the Lord, but they're doing it in the wrong way. Once, once they can focus on the love, everything that's good about Christ and be mindful of him all the time like that instead of being mindful of, of God and this religious base and their life just begins to change and we experience so much of that that other realm that you're talking about right that's exactly right and it's, it's, it's the wisdom of God that's why the apostles said set your mind on things above set your mind on this kingdom fix your eyes on Jesus and, and, and don't uh, don't see yourself as of the earth anymore um, consider the members of your earthly body dead. I mean, I mean, they talk like this. I mean, they, they, you know, know you not, you know, why are you trying to live by rules, touch not, taste not, as if you're still living in the world? I mean, they said stuff like that. That doesn't make any sense unless you realize, oh my gosh, she's talking about another world, another reality that they, we're supposed to live in this other parallel universe that he has purchased for us, that he brought us to now, not just when we die. Most believers, I think, have the view that all this is true in the sweet by and by. And that's the sad part about it. Because faith is all about 
apprehending, experiencing, enjoying now what's coming manifestly. There's only a few things that are not yet. Most of it's now. Theologians talk about the now and the not yet, the now and the not yet. Well, most theologians have under their column now is just a couple of things and a lot under the not yet. Well, God has a lot under the now column and only a few things in the not yet. A few things like the body putting on immortality, the redemption of the body, but there's a lot already done. And that's what the Spirit has been given. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Yet now the Spirit has been given that we might know these things. Because who would have thought? Yeah, this next verse says, but the Spirit's been given so we can know these things now. Who would have thought that God would have made a a parallel world for us to step into on earth as we walk the earth? And have fellowship with him 24-7 with no, bear, with, no, with no issue of sin separating us from him. For he remembers our sin no more in this new covenant. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account anymore. I mean, who would have thought he would raise a new creation like Adam? Who would have thought that he would bring heaven to earth? Who would have thought that we could be one with God? Who would have thought we'd be called the sons and daughters of God? Who would have thought? Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Who would have thought? But the Spirit has been given that we might know these things that are freely given to us, the Scripture says. Freely. Now. And so we encourage each other in the truth. We speak the truth one to another. That we might encourage each other until we're all being built up into the fullness of the stature of the maturity and the power of Christ himself on earth. Awesome. If God before us who or what can be against us? I, I, I told Clark, I said, I have a, a, a name for your book if you want to use it. I said, if you don't use it, I'm going to use it on my book. But uh, I might, I don't know. But I, I said, this would be a great name, I think. The Grace Revelation. The Grace Revelation. Big title. Subtitle. The Coming Meltdown of Religion. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That makes you want to pick it up and read it. And that's the point of a title, you know, the coming meltdown of religion. Not God's world and his kingdom, but of religion. Lord, thank you so much for helping us see the reality that's coming. As you said by the prophets, in the last days, they shall understand. In the last days, they shall understand. In the last days, they shall understand. And we shall lead many to this righteousness, which is by faith. And we shall shine as the stars of heaven forever. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of the kingdom that is here now. In Jesus' name, amen.